Radio for the Agile Community. www.agile.fm Hello listeners, today I'm here again uh, with Ken Schwaber who has visited Agile FM back in September 2013. Last time uh, Ken and I spoke over uh, about the agility path, today we want to focus uh, on the topic of scaling, scaling, hot topic in the industry and um, I have the, I don't even have to introduce Ken, the creator, founder of Uh, the Scrum Process and the creator founder of Scrum.org back in 2009. Welcome to the podcast, Ken. Thank you, Joe. Good to be here with you again. Thank you. So we have a lot to talk about. Um, you started Scrum.org in 2009, as I just mentioned. Uh, and one of the things you have on your website is that you, uh, you said you created it because of the dissatisfaction with the state of the art at that point. Uh, it's been six years. Has anything changed in the state of the art. <laughs> and and how could I tell? <laughs> Or even even better yet, how could I could attribute it to myself, right? Yeah. What are the trends you're seeing? Has anything improved in the last six years in our profession? Before well, we... I've yeah. certainly seen um, software change. The type of software that's being generated, that's being put out by Apple, by Tesla, by um Microsoft, even Microsoft with with microservices, um, the whole platform movement in software, as people rewrite to move to the move to the cloud, um, has really overtaken things in the last four or five years. Mm -hmm. And what we're starting to see, I believe, is um, almost as big as the Web 2.0 um, commerce movement we saw in the early two thousands. Um, I think it's this sort of shift in software development and platforming and service um, that's probably going to drive us for still another five years. Mm -hmm. So you're pleased with the current trend? I, I am delighted with the current trend. Um, I hope, really, really hope um, that all the developers are excellent mm -hmm. because they're starting to get into things that are not um, trivial. They're getting into things that are, um, you know, really at the infrastructure of our society. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm delighted by that. I do, though, um, you know, crossing the chasm, how you have the early adopters and and then the um, you, you finally go into the masses of the group um, that, that adopt things later, we're still seeing a very, very large part of our industry um, struggling with the idea of um, responsible, professional, agile software development. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I've done some things to, to kind of probe it, um, but I, I think one of the biggest things that we're going to run into is a shortage of highly competent, um, skilled software developers that can build this new platform-type software. Mm -hmm. and there's, there's definitely an increase in software development. I mean, more platforms, the cloud development, as you mentioned, uh, all these platforms being built for various products out there and institutions. So there's a growing interest uh, to be covered with future high-skilled developers. And, and, and you, um, 
go to conferences and there we used to have just Uppsala as a conference. Mm-hmm. And um, then Uppsala kind of dropped off and we started seeing the Agile conferences. Um, and now we're starting to see conferences like Puppet and um, developer conferences, which are really hardcore developer conferences. And, and I get up at the, um, some of the other conferences, the more Agile conferences, and I'll be talking about something like um, what, what I think is pretty standard, mm-hmm. talking about um, the problems with branching, we're talking about you know acceptance test-driven development, and I get a lot of blank looks. And so I'm, I'm just wondering where um, where all of these skills are going to be coming from, and I'm also wondering, and you you probably have some experience with this yourself with your um, CC, with the Pace University um, experience of the college graduates, mm. where they're getting the skills that they need to do this sort of development. Oh, absolutely. I mean, but it is a positive trend to see that these developer conferences are popping up more and people are focusing back on, you know, almost back to the roots, kind of, you know, we understand the process part, but how do we build quality uh, increments of work, right? So it's it's also a positive trend. I, I think um, you had asked me um, to talk a little about scaling. Mm-hmm. I think what it's going to do, that focus on, on good quality software, I think that's going to limit the scaling that people are going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen some pretty strong evidence that large projects, or even worse, huge projects, are, are much more unsuccessful than smaller projects. And the smaller projects, um, you can obviously turn on a dime faster, but the amount of integration work that you have to do in a smaller project, let's say 40 people at maximum, 50 people, mm-hmm. is much more sustainable. So if I get 40 or 50 people gathered around the typical um, application lifecycle suite, um, they can work it out. They can figure out how the whose code is checking in, whose code is overlaying, what sort of things are happening with the build, right. the build process. You get up to doing that with 800 people, and you have a you have a real challenge on your hands. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely! And uh, let's let's dive a little bit into that uh, topic of uh, scaling. And let's just assume, super quick, there is somebody listening to this podcast uh, who's not familiar uh, with with scaling and the additional challenges around it. How would you define scaling before we just kick it off here and talk about scaling? But what what do you understand or how do you see the, the topic of scaling? What falls under that umbrella? I um, am probably a little different with that because I view scaling as taking something you can do, like one, a single scrum team, um, in the older days a single XP team, and replicating that um, so that you have more teams of people coordinating and sharing the work to build a single increment of functionality in a single system. Now, so I, I look at scaling and I think of scaling on a project or a, on a program. Um, scaling is also thought of in the sense of um, we're going to take a single, let's say, instance of agile project mm-hmm. and we're going to scale it to the enterprise. 
we're going to turn you into an enterprise that's agile. And um, they're very different things. Um, one, one I think I view as possible within constraints. The other I view as um, a very difficult challenge. Mm-hmm. So the the last time I talked to you, um, I was working on something called Agility Path, which was um, an iterative incremental approach to um, gaining agility within an IT or a development organization. And um, it, it worked kind of in a few places, but um, I was watching a video by John Cotter, mm-hmm. um, who's the Harvard professor of... Uh, of change and change in large organizations. And he has largely given up on um, large organizational change. Hmm. Um, he said, you know, we've done this a lot, and by and large, um, some of them make it and then they don't. Mm-hmm. He said, because um, they're antithetical. An agile organization implies that it doesn't have a lot of structure and it's constantly flexing. And a large organization is something which is structured to handle volume. Mm-hmm. So customer support, customer service. And he said, what I, rec- what I recommend and work with organizations on now is I help them build a new agile um, organization alongside um, their stable um, long-term um, volume organization. And that's where they do their innovation. Mm-hmm. And as the innovation becomes um, acceptable and sustainable and scalable, then we move it back into the um, overall long-term organization. So, but by and large, um, I no longer try to change large, stable, successful organizations. Mm. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> okay, that sounds good. <laughs> Uh, the keyword is successful here, right? So uh, there are some organizations who are looking at this, but under your definition of, of scaling, it would include the multi-team one product uh, development effort. That would be would fall under the definition of scaling, as well as the maybe not working on one product, multiple teams, organizational or at least departmental transformation within an organization. That would all fall under the category of scaling. Just want to make sure that before we move on and talk about scaling, that this is this is a valid definition. Well, I, if you'll um, let me, I'll introduce two terms. Sure. Always a little dangerous. Um, one is a term that we use for um, up to 10, 11, 12 scrum teams. And these would be the size of um, an effort of a project that would be working on a significant piece of functionality for a commercial product. Right. Um, so that might be something like um, um, part of Adobe Suite. Mm-hmm. However, Adobe um, combines all their products together into a product family, and they have a platform um, that defines the API of the common functionality interaction. And so they would have, and we would call that platform Nexus Plus development. Mm-hmm. So Nexus would be the actual functional development, maybe up to 100 100 developers at the max. Um, Above that, we find the amount of um, dependencies and integration work. Um, You spend more time working the dependencies than you do developing code. Um, But if they're developing and integrating their work into a platform 
an API, a product family structure, um, then what you have is a stable place to integrate to, a standard um, that the organization has, um, which sustains the development and reduces the dependencies. Mm -hmm. So that's, in the old days, what that used to be was just called the architectural group. Um, now what we call that is um, Nexus Plus, so it's communication integration plus um, point at which you can integrate all the functionality according to standard API rules. Mm -hmm. um, and the obvious um, analog to API rules is an SDK, um, same type of thing. So um, I find this to be focused more on product and product architecture in developing um, cohesive, mm -hmm. uncoupled functionality into that product architecture rather than thinking about um, changing the organization to make it agile. Oh, perfect. Okay, great. And I think that gives us a, um, a good foundation here. Um, Let's, I just want to put this out here. I'm seeing a lot of emails. I see a lot of uh, discussion points out in the internet around uh, uh, scaling these days. Scaling is a hot, hot topic. Uh, we have these enterprises seeking help in um, uh, solving those problems, working in larger, larger efforts and building those platforms for the future, which are not single team efforts. Uh, there's this big hype, and obviously I want to ask you, um, uh, what you think about this hype, but also you have a very different answer here with uh, Scrum.org um, about how scaling could be tackled. There is this solution-based approach, uh, but yours is, and you're emphasizing this um, everywhere I can see your, your writing, is um, a framework approach. You see the scaling solution or the, the approach more as a, as a framework. Uh, everybody familiar with Scrum? Uh, knows the differences, right? But why do you think that framework approach also fits the scaling world? And why do you uh, take such a distance to, to these product solutions? Well, Pro I, process products, I'm sorry. Absolutely. Methodologies. Yeah. If I um, take, um, go back to the Agile Manifesto, one of the th first things was the idea of people and interactions over process and tools. And the thinking behind that, the thinking behind like the Scrum framework, was every not not just every organization, but every project, every situation is unique. It carries with it um, its own um, technical debt and software, its own cultural dynamics, its own expectations, its own career path. It has all these things which are unique about it. And um, if, if I can um, create an environment within which that will work out its own unique solution toward a product functionality that will satisfy the company, then we've done something good. Not only have they come up with something that works in that company, but they've come up with, they've learned how to be effective within that company building modern software. Mm. If I... Um, give them a solution, um, you know, something, let's say that I thought of, um, let's say I was in Bahama mm -hmm. and um, I thought of a solution, how people ought to build um, scaled agile software. 
and I came to them and I said, here it is. Um, I put a lot of hard thought into this. Do it. Mm -hmm. um, what they're doing is they're doing what I think is right. And I've probably never worked in that organization before. I've probably never run into the problems that they're going to run into. And yet, um, I it's kind of presumptuous. I'm taking the presumptive approach that I know what will work for them. Right. Uh, it it um, doesn't work. There's that's, no cookie cutter, yeah. Yeah, that's why we, in, in um, 2001, um, just threw up our hands at it and said, um, agility implies the agility to inspect what works best for you and do it. Mm. We hold you accountable for results, not for best effort, not for, um, you know, following orders and doing what's stupid. Yeah. But don't you think it's ironic that um, after all these years since the Agile Manifesto was written that we're now, like after we went through a wave of single team uh, scrum or Agile adoptions, we're now falling in a similar trap on an enterprise level searching for solutions. Um, is that mainly because of executives interested in solutions or is, is, um, is it just a miscommunication uh, within our industry? Do we have to do something about that? Not sure, Joe. I, I feel um, some accountability there because um, there's been a tremendous amount of um, good press about agile software development and the successes and mm. that. And, and so you can see within the large enterprises um, people saying, you know, we need to get agile. We, we really, really need to get agile. And this is um, pressure um, on top executives. And they look around and they say, okay, how do I do that? And if, um, if I'm in charge of a large organization, I usually won't look and start at the single project. I won't look at start and building my own experience and work it up because that's, you know, five, 10 year effort. Mm -hmm. That's a long-term thing. If someone approaches me and they have a good name and they say, I can make you Agile. I've got something that's called Agile Plus. And um, let us in. We'll teach you how to do it. We'll show you how to do it. We'll put consultants in. They'll show you how to do it. And if you do exactly like this, you'll be Agile. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm pretty excited. I've got it. You know, that's the solution. Mm. Um, people want answers. And you can put a price tag on. And you can put a price tag on it. Um, People do want answers, and they're under a tremendous amount of pressure to get it. Um, unfortunately, you know, there's, there's no accountability um, for it. So one of the things that, that um, I've been watching for a while is um, companies that measure their success, like Nationwide does this. Mm -hmm. They measure the value of the software they put out. So you can see Nationwide Insurance has been in a, eight, nine-year Agile effort, and you can see their metrics getting better. But almost none of the organizations I've seen that adopt these um, um, SolarVault solutions are running the types of metrics that would show that the cost that you've invested in the lost opportunity that you've endured um, have paid off. Mm. Um, I, I saw this... Um, I mean, anyone who's been in software development for a while saw this with 
with structured methods, then we saw this with information engineering, then we saw this with object-oriented, and um, all of those have really good ideas in them. But whenever you turn them into a solution that'll work for anyone, it works for no one. Right. Now it turns out that you know we build software and it requires a lot of thinking. Um, my hope is is actually that people start coming back a little to lean. Um, because it doesn't have any formulaic approaches other than maybe some of the Kanban things, but it requires thinking. Mm. I'm going to read something to you, um, which you're very, very familiar with, but uh, I just want to have a quick, I want to read it out and then obviously have a conversation about it. Okay. Individuals and interactions over processes and tools, working software over comprehensive documentation, customer collaboration over contract negotiation, responding to change over following a plan, the manifesto. We value the left over the right. If we're scaling, are we going towards the right, Ken? When we're scaling, we are going to the right because you have to, um, you're increasing the complexity. And you need to increase the number of rules of how to deal with complexity or number of guidelines for how to deal with complexity. Mm-hmm. The um, question is, um, how far do you move it? And do you move it so far that um, you mask the complexity with simple solutions? Mm-hmm. So, for example, customer collaboration over contract negotiation. Yep. For these large efforts, let's say these multi-year programs, do we need to obviously drift more towards the right? There's probably uh, more definition rather than a um, customer collaboration. There has to be a um, synchronized effort between the team members, I would assume. But I think the point I'm trying to get out of you is, is that we want to stay as much as possible still on the left, right? Absolutely. The I, I saw some um, surveys recently, mm-hmm. and it was indicating that um, to the extent that the large projects do not have defined um, goals or defined um, objectives at the start of them, but instead work out those define work out those goals um, iteration by iteration, they are much more valuable to the organization. Mm-hmm. Um, not only do they produce something that's more what the organization wants, but they often end much earlier. So that's staying over on the left side where we're talking about not having a contract, but instead collaborating and seeing what we have, mm-hmm. working with each other. Um, if I'm over on the right side, I have certain artifacts that I have to create, and then I have to turn those artifacts into more detailed artifacts. And I get into a cycle of um, documentation over working software. Right. It's, it's really easy to fall into. And you can see it going across the person's eyes. They, they think, well, I just have to make sure. Or, you know, if you really want to be nasty about it, I think I need to be safe. Mm-hmm. And building software, building complex products is not a safe endeavor. Um, we can control the risk with the iterative incremental approach, 
but it's never going to be safe. Otherwise, you'll never compete and and um, create the value you need. Right. Well, the same is true for following a plan, right? So um, responding to change, especially there, long-term effort, lots of changes will come your way. Um, but as you said, it's very easy. And I, I've seen this myself uh, working with uh, companies that are like, let's build a plan first, right? This is a large-scale effort. Let's build a, a let's plan it out. Um, I was working with a company in, in Quebec City, and they were asking about their five-year strategic agile plan. <laughs> I'm like, um, um, something's off here. You've, you've run into this also, Joe. It's not just that the marketplace gives you things that you have to deal with, but as you um, emerge the product, iteration by iteration, um, you often get a lot of new ideas. You're like, you know, we have this. We could do this instead. Right. Why don't we try? And, and it's, it, it, it gets your juices flowing. Mm-hmm. And to the extent that I've given you a defined approach that says, no, do it this way, um, I'm telling you, just come into work, sit down, do it, shut up, go home. <laughs> <laughs> and what I've lost is your creativity and also the thing that a lot of us in IT forget is that we're all consumers also. We have a tremendous amount of insight into what really would work. Mm. So, um, yeah, I'm not real big on formulaic solutions. I'm not real big on defined approaches. Um, everyone does want to be sure. Everyone does want to make sure that what they do does what it's supposed to do. Um, but that's not software. Right. Do you think as easy as it is to fall into this trap, and maybe there are some... Um folks out there who's like, okay, here's Scrum, here's ABC process, whatever, uh, working on agile process, working for me on a single team approach, scaling, totally different animal, um, serves a, um, a bigger group of people, more complex, more longer in, in, in time, the efforts. And um, do you think there has to be an adjustment uh, of that kind of manifesto for, for this thing? Or do you think it stays as it is? and uh, can answer these questions? Or is there anything, any definition required to clarify on an enterprise level that the same principles actually apply? I just feel like there's a mismatch of communication between people doing Agile on a single team, and then when it's being lifted, um, so to speak, when we're talking about hierarchies, lifted up to executives and so on, and they're looking for something very, very different than we are doing on a team-by-team -team level. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think, I feel very reluctant to um, touch the manifesto. It was amazing that it ever occurred. Mm. Um, and I think the things that it says um, in that discussion about um, John Cotter refer to two different types of organizations. The ones that are the um, mainline organizations that run the business versus the um, flexible, agile ones, the customer support ones, the ones, the new ones that are coming up, that really have to fit into the um, left side of the manifesto to be successful. Mm -hmm. um, I, I've, I have never come up with a scaling product until 
Um, the market started getting inundated with um, what I viewed as kind of suspicious ones because um, myself and other people I work with, probably yourself also, have worked with people on how they can take and create a sustained um, effort with a larger number of people that fits their needs. Mm -hmm. And it, it involves a lot of sitting around with them and talking and saying, well, would this work better? Would that work better? How do you do this? Who do you have that works best? And um, so we've, we've all scaled uh, organizations that, you know, for SAP, we have 20,000 developers. For, um, for Adobe, we had 800. Mm -hmm. Different large things. And it's very easy to, no, not easy, it's very possible to scale them in a unique way that works within the manifesto. Mm -hmm. However, it, re it requires some really hard work and you don't walk in with a solution you walk in with an intention. Mm -hmm. And um, so, <laughs> so I, I could come up with the um, a new manifesto, we call it the sure manifesto. <laughs> if you follow this, we're sure. <laughs> <That's all. laughs> and um, I'd probably better lawyer up because the lawsuits would be coming quick. <laughs> right. No, I, I, the, the reason I'm a, obviously uh, the reason I'm asking is people are looking for for answers here, and uh, um, I feel like they're falling, as you say, in similar traps as they uh, did when we did this on a team by team level. But with all that emphasis on scaling um, and in the industry uh, courses and and everything, do you can we make this a, a statement and say Scrum on a single team a piece of cake at this point? Um, I cannot say that. Very, very few. Um, so let's let's say we take a hundred um, percent of the developers using Scrum. I would say sixty, seventy percent of them do not create a done increment at the end of a sprint. I agree. And this means that um, the technical debt in our core infrastructure software is just growing and growing and growing. Mm. Um, and that's for all sorts of reasons, and you know we both know them. Everyone knows them, but this doesn't make them acceptable. Right. And so, whether I scale that up to a hundred teams or one team, these same um, cultural issues remain. The good news is, a lot of people are becoming very successful building products with this approach. That's right. Right. Um, the bad news is that the um, the others, I don't. I really don't know what's going to happen with them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the reason I ask that is if somebody listens to this podcast and says, "Oh my God, Ken and Joe, they talk about scaling to I don't know how many teams and hundreds of developers, and like I'm struggling with my a little Scrum team of five or seven people, and they can get an increment. There's nothing wrong with it. There's help out there." Um, obviously there's a lot of success, more success than we, uh, now we have um, in, in the books as an industry. Yes. Um, so there's help, but uh, definitely there is now, and I think that's also judgment to the industry we're in, is Agile has left the team level. We're talking about other topics. We're talking about scaling. I've been talking about this for a long time. You have, um, and uh, I think the industry is picking up to it. I just think there's this other wave now of, hey, let's let's figure out a good way a framework, um, a 
a process to get us from A to B on an organization. I think you're absolutely on. Every organization is different. And, and I believe that if we give uh, organizations a framework still that describes how, let's say, 10 teams or 100 teams could interact, um, it would be helpful. Mm -hmm. But the one thing it will still continue to give them is facing that this has to um, requires a lot of hard work. Mm -hmm. And I keep saying that, and everyone says, oh, don't say that. This sounds awful. But if you take, um, let's say, 100 people diving into one code base to do interoperating functionality, you have a lot of people looking in each other's eyes with little fear in their face. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The classic that we've seen is you get a large-scaled effort, and everyone checks out their own branch. Mm. And it works great in my branch. Yeah. But then, oh my God, we're supposed to integrate it? Works on my machine. Yep, exactly. Very cool. So we are recording this in uh, June 2015, whoever's listening to this. uh, We just entered summer. Based on your Twitter account, uh, it says you live in in Massachusetts, you hike in New Hampshire. I do. Is it hiking season? It is is hiking season and it is still a cool summer. It is a beautiful summer. Wonderful. Are you where and where and when could people agilists around the world find you in the woods of New Hampshire? Oh, they could go up into the White Mountains, and they could um, find parts of the Appalachian Trail. Mm-hmm. Um, they could also probably find me hanging over a drinking fountain, gasping for air. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I tend to hang around um, Lebanon. New Hampshire, it's on the Connecticut River Valley. Beautiful. And it's just a beautiful area. Beautiful. Well, Ken, um, you have a couple of courses. There, obviously, everybody uh, knows where to go, scrum.org, some courses, especially around um, scaling, um, agile. People will find courses there from you and um, can get smart on the framework and Nexus and so forth. Um, Enjoy the summer. Enjoy the hiking. Thank you so much for taking uh, your time out of the day and talk about this uh, very, very important topic with us. You are welcome, Joe. It is a pleasure um, pursuing what we are shoulder by shoulder with you. You are a stout fellow. Well, thank you, Ken. Goodbye, Joe. Bye. Thank you for listening to Agile FM, the radio for the Agile community. I'm your host, Joe Krebs. If you're interested in more programming and additional podcasts, please go to www.agile.fm. Talk to you soon.